You're about to listen to Grace Pills by Reverend Josh Lai, lead pastor at Caris Center International. Reverend Josh Lai is a preacher of the gospel of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Be blessed as you listen. So Jesus Culture Part 5, and we are starting with the various cultures we have, the various cultures we have, all right? Who can tell me the various cultures we have? Yes, so word, evangelism, spirit, time, mm -hmm. giving, Excellence, love. So I actually gave it this West Jail. West Jail. So when you hear West Jail, what comes to mind? Word, evangelism, spirit, time, giving, excellence, love. Praise God. All right, so this is what we can call the Jesus culture. The believer lives the word culture. Every believer must evangelize. Every believer must live by the spirit. Every believer must understand time. <laughs> I will talk about all of that. Giving, excellence, and then love. Praise God. All right, so I actually started with the word culture. The word culture. Okay, the word culture. Second Timothy 3, 16 to 17. As you decided by the grace of God to live in this kingdom, you must understand that this is the culture of the kingdom. And it in any kingdom you live in, if you don't understand the culture, you will not enjoy the kingdom. You can be living in a kingdom like a visitor because you don't understand the culture. I have quite some very good friends in the U.S., a chunk of them, but most of them don't understand the culture. And because they don't understand the culture, they are bereft of certain things that should easily come to them that they would have to struggle for. But these two guys who really understand the culture, anytime we're going somewhere, they are able to do stuff. And I ask myself, what is happening to these other guys? The problem is that they are living in the U.S., but they don't understand the culture of the U.S. Many believers <laughs> are living in the kingdom. 
and the kingdom that has no end. The kingdom of Christ. You can call it the kingdom of light. You can call it the kingdom of heaven. All of these refer to the same. But they don't understand the culture of the kingdom. And so they live in the kingdom like strangers. And when we read Ephesians, Ephesians told us clearly that we should not be like those children or infants who are what? Tossed to and fro by any wind of what? Doctrine. And easily become praise to imposters. When you don't understand the kingdom you live in, you easily be thrown to and fro by any wind of doctrine. And you become an easy prey to imposters. Because you don't understand the kingdom you live in. It can even be a family. It will shock you. that Sometimes you live in a family and rather maybe little ones in the family rather understand the kingdom than the elders in the family. <laughs> and they don't understand anything. And they can take advantage of the system because they understand the system. If you go into organizations, it's the same. There are people who are in organizations. Promotion will come. Promotion will pass them. Because they don't even understand the culture of the organization. Hello? Am I speaking to you? Even in organization, it's the same. They don't know. There's a way that you can easily be promoted, but they don't even know. So maybe they have worked for 10, 15 years, and they are not being promoted. And they are now coming to pray. Meanwhile, there's a culture. And the moment they are able to understand that culture, they can process their promotion, and that's it. And they don't need, it's not a prayer point. Are you here with me? All right, so, as you live in this kingdom, seek to understand. That's why you come to church. Listen to me very carefully. If you come to church just because you have a certain need, you are still a baby. Oh, hello? Yeah. You are still a baby. If, 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 if just because, oh, I need a, a miracle, I need... If, if, if you don't come to church to be trained to understand the kingdom you live in, so you can work things for yourself, there's a problem. You will be easily manipulated. Oh, hello? Yeah. Easily manipulated every time. So let's go to 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. The word culture. Let's all read together. Go. The whole Bible was given to us by what? Inspiration from God. So now, it, Timothy is telling us where the word of God came from. If we are living in the kingdom of God, He's telling us that the word of God came by the inspiration of God. And, 
why it is not a fluke, it is not a joke. You've got to take it serious because of where it is coming from. It is God's inspired word. It is not just a book. It is not just the words of men. It is the inspiration of God. It is God, the, 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 the Greek would say, it is God's breath. Praise God. That's, when he says inspiration, that's what it means. God's breath. God's breath. And he says, it's useful to teach us what is, what is what? What is what? What is true? So if you don't get this, you will live what is a lie. If you don't get to understand and get the word, you will not know what is true and you'll be living a lie and in the end you will be in this kingdom but you will not grow. You will be like an infant, like a little child. You will live in deception. You will be deceived yourself and you will also deceive others. It is useful to teach us what is true. And to realize and to make us realize what is what is wrong in our lives. So what points to us what is wrong? The word. The word defines what is right and what is. So you see, your definition of what is wrong or right is not in the value system of your country. Are we talking about the Jesus culture? It is not in the value system of your family. You see, the day you became born again, you changed your lineage. Now your lineage comes from Christ. Oh, praise God. So now, the word of Christ defines what is right and what is so your definition of wrong and right doesn't come from the value system or the background for which you grew. It comes from the word of God. So what the word of God says is right. What the word of God says is wrong. Oh, hello. Is it clear? It straightens us out and helps us to do what is right. Amazing. In the word is the power to help us do. In the same word is the power to help us do. So anytime you are hearing, I said, I said that anytime you are hearing, you are receiving the word of his grace, you are also receiving the grace to do. In the word is the power. It straightens us out and helps us to do what is right. The word will help you. Tell the next person, the word does not destroy you. You see, 
Sometimes unbelievers make you feel that the word of God is a bondage. Okay? They make you feel like you are living like a fool. They make you feel like you are living like somebody who doesn't have aim. Most of us, sometimes, you see, I was just talking to Lord about something. I mean, there's this lady who's been going out with this guy. They actually went out for like how many years? Close to 10 years. Yes. Even before they got married. And then they got married in one year. The lady packed out. She said she's not interested in the man. And throughout the time they were dating, the lady was looking at petty, petty things. As a matter of fact, the guy went to do plastic surgery because of the lady. Watch this. They are believers. Hello? They are what? Believers. You see, that's the point. They are believers. But tell me, what is the culture? The lady, after I spoke to them, the lady is looking at the way the world looks at a good man, a good husband. You see, and that's exactly what happens. You see, when you live in the kingdom, but then you live by the culture of this world, your understanding of a husband or a wife is different. You will judge things like the world judges. You will see things like the world sees it. The guy went to all of this extent. I mean, they'll be sitting among people. And then the lady will just, ah, you have too much oil in your face. Oil in your face. I don't like it. Go and clean it. I mean, before everybody. Why are you angry? I'm talking about somebody's issue. And you're angry like it is you. Why? <laughs> He just showed me how he can't take <laughs> All right. So, I mean, now it got to a point. As a matter of fact, they were living in, I've forgotten the state, but the lady moved and went to New York. The guy is a doctor. He left his job. And follow the lady. Hey, so is this lady telling me that she still cannot see like a kingdom child that this is a good man? How do we see? Can you believe it? Now the guy has called quits. Now the lady has come crying. 
I had not heard the case. It was the lady that contacted me. So when the guy came on the scene and spilled out all of this, I said, what? So I asked a simple question. Put them on a conference call. I said, this is what the guy told me. Everything he told me, is it true? The lady said, yes. Pastor, I'm so petty. I'm so sorry. You see, she now sees she's a baby. Most of us are in the kingdom. We are 50 years believers. 20, but we, we speak, think, see like infants. Your friends sit down and they tell you, oh, if you look at, hey, look at the man's face. You, you are going to marry this. Oh, look. <laughs> you know, you see, things like this just puts us off. Because we think like infants. I just told them, I said, I asked the guy, okay, she said it's fine. The lady is still crying. She said, please, Pastor, I want him back. If you can counsel us. I said, counseling. This one, I don't do counseling on this. Madam, I asked the guy, do you still love the lady? He said, no. I said, then it's over. That's it. I said, if he says he doesn't love you anymore, and I said, listen, do you know how much of emotional torture this guy has gone through for over 10 years. What shows that if he takes you back, now, you see, the point is, now she sees his value. That's the point. It doesn't mean that she won't take you for granted. Oh, are you here with me? Tell somebody, think like a kingdom son or daughter. Very important. Very important. So God will give her another chance. I told her. Oh, yes. God, oh, I mean, it's a fact. God will give her another chance. But she should have learned her lesson. And I'm sure I'm speaking to somebody here. All right. Maybe this is what you came for today. So it straightens us out and helps us to do what is, somebody say, the word culture. So number one, the word came from God. Is that right? And it is useful to what? Teach us. So tell the next person, I must be teachable. You see, I believe God. We're going to have a different church. I, I so believe God. I so believe God. I so believe God. The Spirit of God will make you teachable. Allow yourself and yield yourself. Submit yourself to the teaching of the word. It will make you a better person. It will give you a better life. 
Let's go to the 70. Let's all read. Go. It is what? God's way of making us well prepared at what? At what? At every point. I love this one. Last one. Go. Fully equipped to do good. Bible said wherever Jesus went, he was doing good. Now, when a man or a woman submits to the word of God, they become like Christ. Fully equipped to do good to everyone. How much you submit to the word will determine how much good you shall be to people around you. I'm telling you. Somebody say the word culture. Tell them I will submit myself and be teachable as the word of God is clearly spoken. As I find clarity, I will do what the word says. Oh, praise the Lord. You see, at every point, the word shall prepare you. Do you know that we have stages in life? The word prepares you at every stage of your life. So what it means is that it is not your value system in the country that prepares you. If it aligns to the word of God, fine. But if it doesn't, you have the better. That will make you live above your world. Oh, praise God. You have the better. I'm telling you, you have the better. You have the better. You have the better. I was telling someone today that, you know, the will of God, the, the primary will of God, I'll talk about it, is that everyone should know Jesus. That's the primary will of God. Forget about your, what you think about your talent, your assignment, your gift to be an engineer, to be a doctor. Forget about that. That is secondary. And as a matter of fact, God gave you that to fulfill the first. <laughs> God gave you, as the, the gift you have, the talent you have, which comes with the purpose and assignment that you have, is called grace. So God graced you with a gift. Oh, praise God. Are you getting the point? Now, as you operate that gift, that gift must fulfill the first one. It must bring people to Christ. So if you're a doctor, it must bring people to Christ. The gift you have, if you're a footballer, it must bring people, do you know why? Because if you don't operate your gift, you can never be attractive and be relevant. Uh -huh. So God gave you your gift so that you will be relevant. People will listen to you because of your gift. You will be attracted to people because of your gift. Whether it is beauty, whether it is comedy, whatever gift. Now, the moment they begin to listen to you, 
and you begin to influence them, they have to receive Christ. Oh, praise God. So that the primary will of God is what? Done. So if your gift is not doing that, it's an abuse. hear me. I told you. I told you that there are unbelievers who are doing better in their profession than you as a believer. They are serving their nation better. If that is the case, then they will receive better reward than you. But there's one thing you will do that they cannot do. Is that by your gift, people will receive Christ. That's where the biggest reward is. Then it means you are living purpose. You are living what? Purpose. Are you here with me? As a sister, brother, assess yourself. Okay, how many has your gift been able to win to, to the Lord? Mm-hmm. Aha. Uh -huh. Yes. In the office, you share the wildest jokes. And then what happened? <laughs> and then what happened? And then what happened? The word prepares you to be fully equipped to do good to everyone. Hallelujah. And in God's way, it prepares you. Okay, let's go to the next. Second Timothy 2.15. What does it say? Go. Study to do your and do your best to present yourself to God, approved a workman, in other words, tested by trial, hmm. who has no reason to be ashamed, accurately handling and skillfully teaching the word of truth. Praise God. Because of what the word of God is, it is inspired by God. It defines what is right and wrong. It straightens you up and helps you to do right. Prepares you for every good work. Oh, praise God. Because of that, make sure you do what? Study. Not read. There's a difference between reading and studying. How many of you know mining? Oh, you have not mined before. Then you didn't go to. So, study the word. Somebody says study. How many of you have concordance? Lift your hands. One, two, three, four, five. Do you use it? Or it's in the book, it's on the bookshelf. In the cupboard. If I say go well, remove it right now, you have cobwebs all around it. Do you are you finding the words in the Hebrew? 
going to the Greek or the Aramaic to be sure. That's why he says, study and do your best to present yourself to God, approved a workman. You are a workman in the force of the kingdom. And you need to understand the culture. And therefore, you need to study the word. And when you study the word, you show yourself as an approved workman. Who is not ashamed. In other words, he said, tested by what? Trial. So you see, in our days, when the believer is tried, it actually rather means that he has sinned. In our days, when a believer is tried, it means that he is weak. But it says, when a believer is tried, it is a test of how workmen are approved. To know how much they have studied the word accurately and they are working in the culture of the world. Oh, are you here? And that's why he says, accurately handling and skillfully teaching the word of truth. In other words, you can falsely divide the word. You can teach the word and not be accurate with it. And lead people astray. The word there is epignosis, accurate. The word accurately there, it means epignosis. Epignosis. Accurately handling the word. Making sure that you've gone to the context of the word. And you've checked the content carefully. You've gone to the etymology of the word. The root word. Where the word came from. What did it say? What did it mean at that time? So you don't just pick a verse and quote it because it's sweet. You see, some of you open the verse. You say, God, if you want to speak to me, I'll, I'll open the Bible. <laughs> when, I, when I open, what comes means you're speaking to me. So when you open, he said, and Absalom went to hang himself. So what do you do, John? You go and hang yourself. That's it. God said, go and hang yourself. No, that's not how. That's not how. That's not. That's not how. All right. So we must all be students of the of the world. In September, whilst we go through our Holy Spirit man, we are going to have a mini Bible school. And, and, and I expect, yes, I expect all of us to be a part of this. Take some time off. As we fast and we are praying, we come and we study the word. I'm serious. 
I'm serious. I, I, I really want that. You see, when you get deep in the word, you become a dynamite. You see what the pastor said? He's not the first that I said it. Pastor Chris Onayinka said this to me. This guy also came to confirm it. God is up to something with us. And the difference is going to be the word. It is the word. Nothing more. Nothing less. When, listen, when you don't know the word, you don't have authority. When you see a lawyer who knows the law and they are quoting, you see their authority. And the judge looks at them and shakes his head in affirmation that this one is a different lawyer. I pray for you that that holy zeal and that joy, that grace comes to you. You will love the word. You, you will deeply fall in love with the word. Anytime you hear the word, you are excited. You are waiting for the next revelation. When you wake up, you are thinking, meditating on the word. When you are sleeping, you are meditating on the word. Every time you say, Lord, I don't understand this scripture. Give me an opening to this scripture. Let the fountain of revelation open up to me. And by the time you wake up, you begin to set the scriptures, begin to read around, and then he shows you the way. This one said this. When you look at this place, because the Bible has no interpreter, the Bible interprets itself. the next person say, I'll be a student of the word. Tell them, I will live the word culture. Listen, I, it, it will come to a place when somebody calls you and calls you by a certain name that you don't like, what will come out of your mouth is the word. So somebody calls you and calls you a fool. You said, I am wonderfully and fearfully made. Your definition of me is totally wrong. You will use the word to nullify the words of men. You see, that is what the believer does. Get me, get me, listen. That is what the believer, when the believer talks, he talks the word. Ah, what did Jesus do? When Satan came, what did he say? He said, it is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. You see? <laughs> that is what you speak the word. When you get the word and you understand the word, now anytime Colossians will say you are you have an overflow in the word. In other words, it's like a tap. Colossians 3:16 to 17. It's, it's like a tap. You know a tap. 
When you open the tap, what comes out? Water. So, you see, when you open up the believer, what should come out is, what, is, is, is the word. They are filled with the word to the overflow. So, the moment you open them up, the word comes out. Somebody said, I took pay you. You said, who the Lord has blessed? No one can curse. It, it just comes out of you. Not because you are chewing it. Or No, no, it is in you. You, you don't, the word of God is so powerful. It is so, you have no idea. I was talking to a lady of my, a lady friend of mine, the, the dad died a long time ago. And, and she said that when the dad passed, it was like a shock because it was very sudden. Very, very sudden. And also at the age of 60 something. So it really blew her mind. She was just, seeing her friends off, the dad drove in. By the time she saw the friends off and came back, the dad was gone. And then, the scripture came to her. It's appointed unto man once to die after death judgment. She was not a believer then, but she's gone to church one or two, three, four times. She didn't know. She said, Pastor, I didn't know that the word was already inside of me. You see, the word of God is so powerful. As you sit, there's the word inside of your spirit that you don't even know. And if you begin to meditate on the word of God, very soon, very soon, anytime you speak, you will speak the word. And listen, if the word of God is God's breath, it means that when you speak, now you will speak like God. And what the word does, the word will do in your life and in the life of anybody around you. Oh, praise God. Tell them, that is where I want to come to. Tell them. Tell them like you mean it. Please, tell them like you mean it. You see, let me tell you something. If you are not able to do this for somebody to say that you are too known, you have not gotten there. If you decide not to be radical about this, you will go back. Forget it. Listen, anything you do for the Lord and you decide not to be radical about it, forget it. Forget it. Did you hear what I said? I said, do what? Forget it. Because the world will lure you back to start talking like them. You've got to be radical. Be radical about your faith. And live like the kingdom child. You, you sit down and a worldly person talks like a worldly person. And you clap for them. Ah, is that not it? Huh? It, they, they talk like a worldly person. Like, you see, an unbeliever talks. And they clap. There's a social media, this thing going on. It's gone viral. A young boy, small boy, 
very tender age. It can me a square inkpa inkpa. How many of you have seen it? Square ya. Many have it. Teacher esha esha. Many teacher esha neke. Is it M? For those of you who don't understand, girl, he said, as for me, the school, I'll never go again. The teacher doesn't know anything. And then he insults the teacher. You know, and, 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 and people were clapping. People were, you know, and I'm like, I, somebody sent me, I said, foolish boy. Because look at this boy. Look at the future of this boy. You see, when unbelievers talk, and they talk foolishly, and we give them fans, it's because we ourselves are not proud of who we are. You know, most Christians want to be like unbelievers. And they hide to be believers. Oh, come on. Yes! In the school, this young boy is so audacious. And everybody looks at him and says, hey, two no, two no, two no, two no. And then they kill his fire. Very soon, it will shock you. This same Josh Lye, who was looking at you and said, two no, two no, two no. Tomorrow, God calls Josh Lye. And he becomes audacious. And then you see how foolish you have been. Are you getting the, the, the drift? Because when I was in school, I was laughing at people. I said, oh, go, go, go on with you. Look at something. They said they are speaking tongues. Look at, look, please. Foolish people. Oh, yes. I was insulting them. What language is this? Language you speak, you don't understand. Yes. And, make, make, and, they were, and they will see us. We call ourselves the dirty desi. And they will see us and they will envy us. Meanwhile, in our lonely places, we feel empty. That's the way the unbeliever feels. So empty. Because it's an empty life. It is all an act. They are staging a play. The crowd believes them, but when they go into their closet, most of them weep, most of them cry. That's why you see them committing suicide by heart. Start speaking like a believer. Praise the Lord. Tell them, that I have no reason to be ashamed. I will accurately Handle and skillfully teach the word of truth. You see, any time Bible talks about skill, what it actually means is that you have to be trained. There is no way you can be skillful without training. So we are talking about training ourselves in the word. Oh, hello. So it's not a one-off thing. When the, you, you, how many of you know train? Train, train, train. What we call in, in the U.S., they call them coaches. Or, yes. Okay, so train. 
train. Okay. The reason why the word train is train is because the head coach, wherever it goes, all the others will follow. Are you getting the point? That's training. So what it means is that if you sit under a ministry like this, as I teach you, and you are following, you become skillful just like I am in the world. Okay. If you go and you are being told Anansi stories, and every time entertainment, and then by the time they feel, you laugh, ah, where do you go? Enter the way. The pulpit. You know. <laughs> uh, okay. So you laugh, and then just laughing, 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 laughing. Where you go? Where you go? What did you take home? You take home laughter and comedy. And so, what did you learn in church today? You tell them uh, 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 this thing, uh, so a comedy, this thing that, you know, and you, line by line. And how we can remember that one? Tells you where your interest is. Are you here with me? Skillfully. Somebody say skillfully. Tell them, I will skillfully handle the word of God because I would decide right now to train myself. I submit myself to training, study of the word in the midnight, at the daytime, first thing in the morning. Whenever I have a spare time at work, I will go to the word. Oh, praise God. Let it be part of you. Let it part of you. Let it be part of you. Give me the next scripture. James chapter 1, 21, uh, James chapter 1, 21 to 22. Let's already go. So get rid of all that is wrong in your life. Both inside and what? Outside and Humbly be glad for the what? For the what? So the word of God is what? Wow. You see, the word of God is a wonderful message. You see, the law was an abomination. The law was condemning everybody. But the word of his grace is a wonderful message. So you will never listen to the word of his grace and feel condemned. Oh, praise God. But he says, as you listen to this wonderful message, things that should not be there, they go. And things that should be there, they stay. Oh, praise God. Why? Because you yourself, now, you, your nature is righteousness. So you see, your intuition, your intellect, your emotions, and everything tilts to righteousness. And so the word of his grace does not so much dwell on your wrong, it rather dwells on how you can do it right. Somebody say it's a wonderful message. It's a wonderful message. That's why he said, 
be glad for the wonderful message we have heard. He was actually speaking to Jews. Because he knows how much they have suffered under the law. How they have to pay for their sin. And every time, there's something to atone for. But there's this wonderful message of grace. That Christ Jesus has borne all their sins. Now they are free. Oh, hallelujah. He said, for it is able to save our souls as it takes hold of our hearts. May the word of God save your soul and take hold of your heart. May you not love anything more than the word. May the word capture and captivate your heart. May your soul know the word. Your soul means your mind. Your soul means your intellect. Your soul means your emotions. These three characterize your soul. Your mind, your emotions, your intellect. I decree that your soul is saved. By the word. Say by the word. And may it take hold of your heart. You know when you love something, when you hear it, your heart jumps. When you love the word, when you hear the word, your heart jumps. I mean, sometimes when I'm reading the word, something comes and I, and I just jump on my, on my bed. I, sometimes I just scream. I quite remember one of the children asked me, Daddy, what's happening? You're you so you're laughing and smiling. They don't know. I just got a revelation. And for me, it weighs more than tons of gold. Oh, praise God. The word of God is so sweet. It's so powerful. May it captivate your heart. Look at 23, 24. Let's finish it. Go. And remember, it is a, a message to obey. Somebody say culture. You can know. And know. It doesn't make any difference. If you don't live it. It is not just a message to listen to. <laughs> it is a message to obey. So as you listen, you do what? You do what? Tell the next person, obey. Tell them, obey. All right, so look at what he says. He says, so what? Don't do what? Don't fool. Don't fool. Don't fool. Don't fool. Don't fool. For if a person just listens and doesn't obey, watch what he says. Watch what he says. He is like a man. I, I don't know. As for this one, I don't know why he said a man. Because some people I know, when they look in the mirror, and they come and sit in the car. They will look at, at the car's mirror too. John, you will know very soon. Oh, you know already. Okay, thank you. They carry some of the mirror in their bag. 
So I don't know why this one, he made, but <laughs> he should have left us out of it. The man here means both male, but this one should have been reserved for them. It's a good thing. He's like a man looking at his face in a mirror. As soon as he walks away, he can't see himself anymore. Or remember what he looks like. Hello. When you listen. <laughs> so sometimes we ask them, what are you looking at again? Especially when you have given your compliment already. Finishing. Look at all of them, the amount went to one. There was a finishing touches. <laughs> you know, so if you listen to the word and you don't obey the word, he says you are just like a person who looked into the mirror. Watch this. And forgot what he looks like. What? Do you know what he's talking about? Do you know what he's talking about? Wait. It's not just simple. Do you know what he's talking about? He's talking about image here. That's what he's talking about. The believer forgets about the image, how God has made him. Because, listen to me, <laughs> this word of his grace is the word that tells you who you are. It actually makes you know your image. But you see, most of us, we see and we hear the word of God and it's like an Anansi story. Because the world has given us an image for which we have accepted. So you see, I will speak here so powerfully. You say, oh, pastor, this is powerful. But the moment you get out of this place, then the world begins to speak the image they have turned you into. And you forget about everything I said. So I tell you that you're a believer. Sickness has no place. That's your image. Because Bible says that there's a time that is coming. And he's talking about the believer. He said there shall be no sickness in Zion. No one can be sick. And the word says so. That is my portion. That is my image. And I pump this into you. And you've looked at your face. And it's a face of a healthy person. It's the image of a healthy person. That I cannot be sick. But the moment you go out. And you feel some headache. And the world tells you. That that is his name. And that is what you deserve. You forget about everything that you've been told. And you begin to live that image.
not difficult. Somebody say it's a decision. It's not difficult. It's a decision. It's a decision. It's a decision. Work it. You have grace to do it. Oh, praise God. No matter how many times you get it wrong, come back to your image. Are you getting the point? Come back to your image. Very soon you'll be leaving your image. I'll continue on Sunday. God bless you. Grace, glorious grace. Grace, glorious grace. At the cross, you called it finished. Thank you for listening to Grace Bills by Reverend Josh Lai, lead pastor, Carry Center International. We believe the word has begun a good work in you. May God's amazing grace lead you to a peaceful and joy-filled life. Carry Center International, living heaven on earth.